Okay, I promise this is the last one. Welcome to another episode of Lombardi Time Brews. I am your host, John Delray. Uh, today may be a little bit quicker of an episode. We are doing the final version of the initial 53-man roster for the Green Bay Packers. As we know, cut-down day is tomorrow afternoon, so all of this becomes moot very, very soon because tomorrow is the day where we find out exactly what the Packers are going to do with this roster. Now, Lafleur did say in his press conference yesterday, uh, in amongst the release of Ty Summers, that the vast majority of the cuts will be coming now Tuesday afternoon. We've seen a couple teams make a few cuts similar to the Ty Summers ones. Maybe guys that they're trying to get out ahead of the wave of cuts so they get a little bit more notoriety, something to that effect. I mean, Lafleur did say that part of the reason of cutting Summers yesterday, as opposed to waiting until Tuesday was to give him more of a chance to latch on. Per NFL rules, he's subject to waivers really anyway, so it doesn't really give him that much of a chance, but at the very least, it did make more waves being released yesterday than it would have if he was in amongst 800 players being cut across the league. So they at least did do that for him. Uh, notable cuts so far today would be Tart, the safety from Philadelphia. That one just happened right before I started recording. And then uh, I believe the name was Roy Ford, a safety from Jacksonville, uh, a special teams ace for Jacksonville who kind of carved out a defensive role last year, uh, is not in the same light by the current coaching staff led by Doug Peterson. They viewed him just as a special teams ace, so they opted to get rid of him could be someone the Packers could keep an eye on, as well as Tart. I mean, we know safety is a position with their depth that's kind of in flux. They've got some great prospects, but Tart would bring in a veteran presence. He's played in San Francisco, most recently Philadelphia. We know safety could be something the Packers are going to look at, so there's potential there as well. So diving in to the 53-man roster, before we do that quick though, I do want to give just a couple announcement heads up. The rest of the week may look a little different. Tomorrow is going to be different in the way that it's going to be a later video. I'm going to wait until the 53-man roster is released, and then I'm going to attempt to go live to analyze the releases as they come in, hopefully. The reason why I say attempt is because YouTube has a number of rules about who can go live, who can't. We're still a very, very new channel, a very, very new podcast. So I'm not quite sure how that will work exactly. I'm going to do a test run tonight, but it may come down to YouTube's rules. If I can't go live tomorrow, then what I will be doing is just putting out a video right after all the cuts have been announced so that I can analyze all of the releases. 
Later this week, I'm also going to be going through the Dave Robinson collection that was at Heritage Auction House. Some unbelievable personal items of Mr. Robinson's that I'm going to be going through, talking about the items themselves from what we can garner from the auction listings, and really just offering a spotlight to an incredible auction that just happened at Heritage Auctions. So, the 53-man roster, like I said, today may be a little bit more brief. Much of this is things that we've talked about already. Uh, much of this is uh, status quo. There's just a few little alterations. However, I did today throw in the almost 16 players that I have slated for the practice squad. We have no way to predict who is going to go onto the practice squad for the Green Bay Packers, partly because there's player choice involved. I mean, someone who has shown promise in the preseason and is getting released by the Packers may have multiple offers to go on different practice squads. And they may feel as though, all right, I had my chance in Green Bay. They don't want me for the 53. I'm going to go somewhere where I have more rights to do so. Right? I mean, it's possible. So we have to acknowledge that that's potential as well. Generally, practice squads are all over the map. There's a lot of different pieces in flux. But it is 16 people this year. I allocated 15 to it, figuring that the Packers are going to have a couple open spots anyway. Think of this as the next 15 up, I would say. Think of this not as a hard and fast practice squad prediction, so much as these are the guys who are on the roster plus. They're just off to the side. Guys that could be called up. These are the guys that we know the Packers like that they're going to try to keep around in some way, I would think. So that's the practice squad. Let's dive in. I'm going to go position by position, tell you what's happening to each player per my predictions, and then we see where we wind up. So quarterback, the easiest spot on the team. Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, done. Danny Entling is going to be released. I do think he, they're going to attempt to get him on the practice squad, and they stand an excellent chance to do so. I think he will be their practice squad arm. Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, that's it. Moving on from quarterback, running back is a lot more fascinating of a discussion. You've got Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. A lot of predictors stop right there. Say the Packers are only going to keep two. I've talked in previous pods about how I think that is just way too much of a gamble for a team that is going to rely on running backs as much as they do. I do think, however, I'm going to change my prediction a little. We're going to go from four running backs, as I said last week. I'm going to cut it down to three today. I still personally believe I would love to keep four myself. But I don't think the Packers do at this time. So that means my running backs on the roster, all three of them, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Patrick Taylor gets the nod at number three. Both Lafleur and Gutekunst have talked about how the number three running back needs to be good at pass pro and special teams. That's Patrick Taylor. Yes, he is a plotter. He is old reliable. There's not a lot of flash there. But he does pass pro and special teams. Tyler Goodson has had chances on special teams and done okay, but he did have that major muffed return in the last preseason game. Uh, he seems to do better at special teams when he's not the guy with the ball in his hands, which is incredibly odd considering he's the exact flip when he plays his running back role. But Tyler Goodson, I'm predicting, is going to get released from the team and absolutely will be retained on the practice squad. I think there's some risk with him latching on somewhere else because of the burst that he showed in the preseason. But ultimately, he's an undrafted free agent. He slipped through the entire draft without anyone feeling the need. Tyler Goodson feels like a guy 
that there are 32 teams right now sitting around saying, we have this flashy yarn running back, how can we keep him? We're afraid of other people taking him. What I'm saying is, he himself is a special athlete, but every team right now feels as though they have one of these guys. So I think they're going to be able to get him through to the practice squad. And quite possibly, we still could see the four running back plan work out if they elevate Tyler Goodson in amongst the first couple weeks. And of course, once Kylan Hill comes back somewhere weeks five, six, seven after this pup designation, this room's going to get totally changed anyway. So then that leaves one other release, Dexter Williams, who I think came in and really impressed in his time in the preseason. They weren't maybe expecting as much as he gave them, but I think he's just a pure release. I don't see them bringing him back on the practice squad again, as has been done so far in his career. Wide receivers, I'm thinking they're going to keep seven. Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Al Lazard, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Amari Rogers, Jawan Winfrey. Jawan Winfrey is wide receiver seven. And I really base that on, look, Aaron Rodgers loves him. Loves him. He's spoken about him unprompted on several occasions. We know that Jawan Winfrey does the little things well. He's, at this time, believed to be a better route runner than Samari Toure. He blocks in the run game well. He seems to be wherever Aaron Rodgers wants him to be a lot. And this whole, you know, I've seen some things, people saying, well, Packers aren't going to get rid of him because that would piss off Rodgers. Or, you know, they're terrified to, to anger Rodgers at this time. This can't be Jake Coomer all over again. And I do partially agree with that. But the one thing I would say is keep in mind that the revamped relationship between the Packers and Rodgers is both parties playing nicer. It is. We've seen the love fest grow over the course of the last year. Both parties are actively trying to play nicer. And I do think from the Packers' side, there is a lot of validity to the people saying, they can't piss him off. They can't get rid of one of his favorites. I would tend to agree. This is the Packers' side of playing nice. Samari Toure absolutely has the higher ceiling as an athletic prospect. But he was a seventh-round receiver for a reason. None of his athletic measurables are off the charts. So I'm saying, worst-case scenario, I think he is a good receiver. I think he does things well. I think he showed out in the preseason. But I'm saying, worst-case scenario, he's probably relatively replaceable. So, you release him, you try to get him on the practice squad. Other than that, I think Travis Fulgham also just is a pure release. I don't think he's going to go on the practice squad. But then the last wide receiver in the room yet is Ishmael Hyman, who they have done a lot of different special teams things with. I think they're going to aim to get him on the practice squad as well. So seven receivers on the roster, two heading to the practice squad, Hyman and Toure, and then one outright release, which would be the new yet old face, Travis Fulgham. At tight end, this one I think has become really clear and easy for a lot of people, actually. Tyler Davis, Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tunyon, Josiah DeGuaro. Uh, Tyler Davis, yeah, this is going to infuriate a lot of people because he's had an awful preseason, but he did some really nice things in regular season games last year. They still believe in his potential. They still speak of him glowingly. I just can't imagine how they're not going to have him on the roster. We know Rich Passaccia loves having tight ends on his teams, evidenced by the fact that in the last two years, the guy who's had the second most team snaps has been a tight end every year. They've talked about how Tyler Davis does well on teams. 
I just don't see him going anywhere. I think it's going to be those four. And then on the other side of the coin, the releases, the practice squad, Nate Becker, uh, USFL star Sal Canella, they're both going to be outright releases. The practice squad addition for the tight end is going to be Elise Mack, who seemed to try to make some moves in the last two weeks to really upend Tyler Davis, get himself in the roster, but I just don't think we've seen enough. I do think they like him. I think he will be retained on the practice squad, but I don't think he's 53 material as of yet. Then we have the offensive line, and boy, the preseason game against the Chiefs really is what created a conversation around this. Heading into that game, we had an ironclad nine. Done. No conversation needed. We hadn't seen enough from other guys to really justify more of a conversation besides maybe Caleb Jones. Well, Rasheed Walker showed up. He showed up big. Oh, he big. Um... He played fantastically against the Chiefs, and Caleb Jones had another really solid outing against the Chiefs. I absolutely could see them hanging on to more offensive linemen than I'm about to predict. I have them still at the original nine. I absolutely could see them hanging on to ten, at least temporarily, to get through the initial roster setting of every team. But... I just think with the nine that they have, it's already set. Those nine are David Bakhtiari, John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers, Zach Tom, Elton Jenkins, Jake Hansen, Royce Newman, Yash, and Sean Ryan. One additional little note about one of these players specifically, Elton Jenkins. He was held out of practice yesterday. Not held out. He didn't participate in practice yesterday. And Lafleur said that before practice occurred. He said that Elton would not be participating today. When asked the reason why, he didn't say it was the knee. He just said, you know, it's something that we're going to keep internal. Who knows what that means? I mean, that could be anything. That could be Elton had something personal going on. That could be uh, a hold-in because he wants his contract extension. Uh, who knows? Could be a tweak of a, of a pinky toe. Nobody knows, but Matt LaFleur, for a reason, decided to keep it internal. And immediately, when LaFleur said yesterday in the press conference that he wasn't going to practice, holy buckets, did Twitter and the internet just blow up. It's like, well, this isn't good. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. When it comes to the Packers, don't be worried until you have a reason to be worried. LeFleur didn't say that it was a new injury. He didn't say that it was going to be out any amount of time. Don't worry until you need to. Like Michonne Lynch said, take care of your mentals, y'all. Don't stress. You just don't need to. We as fans don't know anything about what happens in 1265 Lombardi. As much as I and several others try to read the tea leaves, get insight, etc., we don't know anything. And, and we're never going to. And when they come out and say Elton Jenkins is a practicing today, we're going to keep the reason why internal. Well, he didn't say Elton Jenkins ripped something in his foot. He didn't say that he broke a finger. He didn't. It's okay. And now, lo and behold, today, Elton Jenkins is practicing as normal. Which means it could have been anything. So, lesson to be learned. Don't react. Don't worry. Don't stress. Until you know. There's just no reason why. No reason to. Just chill. So, 
Uh, offensive line getting back to it. We've got nine on the roster. We've got three releases. However, those three releases are Caleb Jones, Rasheed Walker, and Michael Mennett. I think all three are going to be asked to come back on the practice squad. Caleb Jones and Rasheed Walker, obviously great developmental prospects at the tackle position. Caleb Jones has shown, at least through the preseason, which I know is not a large sample size, that he was able to keep his weight in check, did good technique work. Rasheed Walker, you know, he's probably the one that I feel the worst about sneaking through onto the practice squad. Because he was considered the absolute steal of the draft when the Packers got him in the fifth round. Or at the seventh round, I'm sorry. He was projected to go in the fourth, fifth type round. But part of the reason that it's believed that he slipped was because of issues with technique and maturity. Have those questions been resolved for someone else to get Rasheed Walker? We don't know, only they can answer that. But what we do know is that he showed up in that Chiefs preseason game. And other teams, I'm sure, saw that too. So is he going to be able to squeak through under the practice squad? I still say yes, but I understand the risk here, and I understand if they elect to go with 10 offensive linemen to start the roster. But ultimately, that does leave Caleb Jones, Rasheed Walker, Michael Mennett all retained for the practice squad. We know the Packers like their guys in the trenches. We know that they're going to look to keep depth there. You've got nine offensive linemen, three on the practice squad. Defensive line, the other side of the trenches. I'm thinking they still keep five. Jack Heflin has done his best to make this roster, but I'm just not seeing, in terms of the defensive scheme, why you need a sixth guy on the 53. So that leaves Devontae Wyatt, Jerron Reed, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, TJ Slayton, all on the 53. In terms of the cut list, that leaves Jack Heflin, Chris Slayton, Jonathan Ford, and Ikeo Byers. Of the four, I think three are going to be asked to come back on the practice squad. Heflin, Slayton, and Jonathan Ford, their recent draft pick. Ford, I think, gets that benefit of the doubt because he was a draft pick. I cannot say that Ford performed particularly well in the preseason. His PFF grading certainly shows that as well. Heflin and Slayton did excellent work during the preseason. But I think the Packers are now stacked on the defensive line, being five deep. Wyatt, I think, had a better preseason than a lot of people want to believe. Uh, I saw Sam Holman did a whole thread on his uh, on every single snap that Wyatt had uh, from the preseason game. Correction, I don't know as if it was every snap, but it certainly was a lot. Sam Holman did a ton of work on this. It was very well done. Uh, it just showed that seems like Wyatt's quickly developing reputation is worse than how he's actually playing. So... With the knowledge, too, in the early season, especially that you can use practice squad call-ups before a lot of guys get hurt and you need to do injury things, you can utilize a practice squad call-up to beef up that line and buy wide a little bit more time. That's where Jack Heflin and Chris Slayton can really come into play. So I think we, again, see five defensive linemen, four cut, three on the practice squad. Jack Heflin did his best. He deserves to be on an NFL roster. I just don't think he cracks Green Bay's 53. I do think he will be a frequent call-up in the early part of the season until some real decisions have to be made, though. At inside linebacker, I think we've got four. And again, this is a very easy position for me. Isaiah McDuffie, Devondre Campbell, Cray Walker, Chris Barnes. And then on the cut list, Ray Wilborn. And I do think they ask Ray Wilborn to come back. 
uh, for the practice squad. I think he they like him on special teams. I think uh, they like what he does. I just don't think he cracks the 53. That, to me, just screams practice squad guy. You want to keep him around, but he's not good enough to make sure someone else is off of your 53. Rail Wilborn to the practice squad. Outside linebacker, this one, more than any other position on the team, I could see the Packers entertaining the idea of a free agent addition. In fact, they probably should. Uh, They've got Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary as your starters. But then the depth, I'm thinking they're going to keep three as depth. One of them, of course, is the rookie, Kingsley Angabare, who really has flashed. I mean, he's shown some great pass rush skills. I think it was the second preseason game against the Saints where he did his ghost move, uh, which was awesome. Um, I, I think they've got steady depth, at least with Angabare. I think he's a great developmental. I don't know as if he's ready to be the full-fledged number three outside linebacker like Whitney Merciless was last year and really Rashawn Gary was the year before that. Number three outside linebacker is a big piece of this defense, and I'm not just sure you'd trade, you trust a mid-round draft pick with that role. And then you also have Jonathan Garvin, who's going to make the roster, and Tipa Galalier. Uh, Tipa, I think, makes it over Kobe Jones because of his special teams prowess. Kobe Jones winds up being cut. I think they ask Kobe Jones to come back on the practice squad. Then I think we have a true outright release in Ladarius Hamilton, who's done some nice things for the Packers, but I think Ladarius Hamilton at this point is a known quantity. Packers know what they have with him. I don't think he's done quite enough. I think this might be the end of the road for his time in Green Bay. Kobe Jones, though, a little bit more of a developmental prospect, could very well be held on the practice squad. Garvin and Tipa, the real bottom of the depth chart there. I mean, Garvin continues to to move along. I believe he's still only 23 years old. I mean, he's very young. He was a very young prospect when they drafted him. They really like his tools. But just every time he's on the field, there's just nothing happens. Just very, just going with it. So, uh, and then Tipa for special teams. But again, I, I could very well, I called last week, I said Jeremiah Atachu. Uh, if you want to make a big splash, Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, who did a workout with the Ravens, I think it was three weeks ago now. I, I would love to see either one of them added to the rotation, a little bit of a veteran presence. Uh, and we know Jeremiah Atachu, at the very least, isn't afraid to play special teams. In fact, his three best seasons have been the three seasons where he's played at least 110 special team snaps for the Chargers and Broncos, respectively. And that's to say, his three best defensive seasons has come when he's had that many special team snaps. That seems like a guy the Packers could use. So, we'll see. I think outside linebacker is still going to remain under construction in spite of Lafleur's comments about them being very comfortable with the room. I just don't see it. I think they're going to want to eventually beef up the depth in that spot. Cornerback, I think we keep six, and my prediction here is unchanged. It's going to be Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, Razul Douglas, Keyshawn Nixon, Shamar Jean Tiles, Charles, sorry, and Rico Gafford. I still think Gafford, I mean, when you're looking at the number six corner, this is going to be a toolsy guy and a special teams guy. Rico Gafford runs a 4-2-2. He's the fastest guy on the team. You're telling me Bisaccia isn't going to want that as a gunner? Very hard-pressed to believe that. They gave equal snaps on both teams and defense in the last preseason game to Rico Gafford and Keandre Thomas. Thomas has covered better 
Gafford has more tools. I think they give it to Gafford. I really do. And Thomas, they try to bring back on the practice squad. I mean, Thomas showed some great flashes in coverage. Can he do it against starters in the NFL? It's a big question. Can Gafford run a 4-2-2 in the NFL regardless of who it's against? Yeah, he can. And I think that that gives him the nod. On the outright release list, who's not coming back to the practice squad, I think this is KB and Ento. A little bit in the mold of Ladarius Hamilton, I think at this point Ento does some nice things, but I think he's a very known quantity. We've seen him repeatedly over the last couple of years try to break into the 53, and he, he temporarily does, and then he finds himself back out. And then the next training camp, he's on the bubble again. I think he's a known quantity, and I, I think this time is probably coming to a close. At safety, we got a big surprise yesterday. Dallin Levitt coming back, practicing in pads. Everyone thought he was going to go on the IR first, but he's back. He did say after the practice that he thinks he's got a number of thresholds to overcome yet. He's not there yet. Uh, it could be some time, but I'm hard-pressed to believe it's six weeks' worth of time that they're going to put him on the IR. So... Dallin Levitt now has to be included in, in the 53. And honestly, to include Levitt is why I kind of backed off my four running back thing. Uh, five safeties, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, Sean Davis, Micah Abernathy, and Dallin Levitt. Micah Abernathy I kept just because the guy showed out as a gamer. He is in shape. He's ready to go coming off the USFL season. I know there's concerns about whether that's too much football to 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 extend it of a time, playing full-time football from the USFL straight into the NFL season. But he showed out. He did more for me than I've seen Ennis Gaines do. Uh, more than Cross has done. The one who I don't feel good about letting go is Tariq Carpenter. He was a seventh-round draft pick. He was the earliest of their seventh-round draft picks. A hybrid linebacker safety which I could absolutely, with only keeping four inside linebackers, I could see them keeping. I think there is tremendous possibility here that you take my 53 and you take off Abernathy and put on Carpenter. It's totally possible. Sounds like I have some construction outside my house. I'm sorry if any of the sounds come in. But I think it's it's totally possible. I do. Carpenter is a speed and power guy. He was drafted with all of the measurables. He did show in the 49ers, or uh, I'm sorry, in the Chiefs preseason game that he's a good open field tackler, which will come in handy on teams. Abernathy, the big concern with Abernathy coming out of college a couple years ago was that he didn't have any ball skills. And then he had an interception in the preseason where he showed excellent ball skills and then darn near had another one. So, you've got two guys that are solving some issues in their own personal game. I still think the nod goes to Abernathy. Again, though, it is entirely possible that you flip the roles. Carpenter on the 53, Abernathy on the practice squad with some call-ups. It's entirely possible. But my prediction is Savage, Amos, Davis, Abernathy, and Levitt. Carpenter, Cross, Gaines, all let go. Carpenter coming on the practice squad. I tried to search for a way to include Carpenter on the roster. I'm just not seeing it. So, to the practice squad he goes. Special teams, Mason Crosby, assuming he comes back. He did kick yesterday. Um, he's not coming off the pup as of today. There's possibility for tomorrow being Tuesday. Uh, then you've got Pat O'Donnell, the punter. And I have Jack Coco sticking 
for now. He's done enough. He's been steady-ish. <laughs> There's still some inconsistency there, yes. However, in the games, there really hasn't been. So I think Jack Coco... You go, Jack Coco. I think he's going to make the initial 53. However, do not be shocked if Clark Harris is released and the Packers immediately call him. Don't be shocked if Matt Overton gets a call or Trey Schneider gets a call. I won't be shocked if the Packers still look to upgrade this spot. But in the initial 53 tomorrow... Oh, they are right outside my window now. I'm sorry. In the initial 53 for tomorrow, I think Jack Coco makes it. Go away. Sorry. Um, and then that leaves us practice squad. Uh, all in total, again, 15 guys. Danny Entling, Tyler Goodson... Ishmael Hyman, Samari Toure, Elise Mack, Caleb Jones, Rashid Walker, Michael Mennett, Jack Heflin, Chris Slayton, Jonathan Ford, Ray Wilborn, Kobe Jones, Gaudre Thomas, Tariq Carpenter, and then kicker, Ramiz Ahmed. Uh, I, he very well might be the kicker of the future. He has done great since bringing him in. We'll see how that continues to progress. We'll see if he gets any regular season time this year, too. So, that's that. That is the roster again. Thanks for checking out today's video or audio podcast. If I happen to go live tomorrow for all the roster cutdowns, um, if I'm able to go live, again, if, it will go live on YouTube, and then the audio, just audio portion, will get uploaded on the audio podcasts later on. You'll still hear my voice talking about all of the cutdowns, uh, even some NFL notables that maybe are getting released. So there will be an audio version, but regardless of whether it's live or not, the audio version will absolutely be coming late tomorrow. The video version, I'm hoping to go live. If I'm unable to go live because of YouTube's rules, then it will just be a later video where I react to the 53 cutdown. And then later on this week, we're going to talk about some collectibles. Uh, we're going to see what else this week brings as we're in the final dead week of time before we get into actual game prep. So... Thanks for checking out another video. I know I said today was going to be shorter, but I can't shut up. Sorry. So, um, I really hope you enjoyed today's roster prediction. It's been a lot of fun building this community with you. I really hope you like the videos. I really hope you like the audio podcasts. Uh, follow me on Twitter so we can keep the discussion going. It's at John Delray. Uh, I'm there talking Packers all the time. So, feel free to reach out on Twitter. Shoot me a follow. And let's build a Packer community together. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye.